before we get into the episode, head on over to RighteousFelon.com for all your favorite beef jerky flavors. I'd recommend starting off with the whole shebang craft jerky gift bundle. The jerky is smoky and savory, spicy and sweet. All of your favorites, all in one variety pack. Use promo code OCSN, all lowercase, to get 15% off at checkout. Don't miss this great opportunity. Go to RighteousFelon.com today. Hey Rangers fans and Ice Cold Takes listeners, before we start the episode, just wanted to wish everyone a Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Thank you guys so much for your support. We'll be back in next week, actually, and we'll also be continuing the podcast in 2023. And it's uh, no thanks to everybody's support. So thank you, everybody. Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays. Take care. You're as cold as ice. You win. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Ice Cold Takes podcast. I'm your host, Joey DiMeglio, and what a crazy week for New York sports. The New York Rangers just ended a seven-game winning streak, and Carlos Correa signed with the Mets in the wee hours of the morning on Wednesday. Joining me to talk about it today is Nick and Python, both recurring guests on the show. How are we doing, boys? Buzzing. Doing great. You also forgot to mention Aaron Judge was named captain of the Yankees, but nobody cares about that. So. <laughs> right, right. The Knicks were on an eight-game winning streak, too. A couple other uh, noteworthy things in there, uh, headlines. But, you know, for the purpose of this podcast, talking about the Mets and the Rangers here. Come on now. <laughs> yeah, 100%. We don't care about the Yankees. They're, yeah. They're, they're, that's poor people problems. We don't care. <laughs> that's Aaron Judge stolen, stolen from the Giants. And... uh According to John Heyman. And then Carlos Correa, also stolen from the Giants. <laughs> um, so let's get some instant reactions on that. 12 years, $315 million for Carlos Correa. I was not expecting that whatsoever. Um, you know, the day on Tuesday, it was like, oh, the the press conference for, for Correa is, is postponed. And, you know, I didn't think anything of it. I just thought like, oh, you know, maybe, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe something like, work-related happened with one of the employees there or something like that and uh you know it would just get pushed to another day that was the last thing i thought of you know him him failing a physical or something like that or them not liking the medicals um he signed last week right like with the giants it was, that was it was reported that right gotta be less than was it uh was it last saturday could be, I, right? I believe so yeah sometime around then it was saturday or sunday yeah but yeah, I, I think that the Giants wanted out of the deal. I think that's really what it came down to. I think that they thought the price was way too much that they gave. 13 years, 360, I think it was. That that was way too much. I think they just wanted out. I agree. Be th- I'll be 35 by the time that, that contract <laughs> expired. Which is Jesus crazy. Christ. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I, you know, Kareis is a great player, and Steve Cohen just went all out, and he wasted – Absolutely no time. None. He saw an opportunity and he pounced on it. And I like for the first time in my in my life as a Mets fan, you know, I could say with certainty that the people that are running the organization that I root for are doing everything they possibly can to put the best squad out there every single year. And it's something that I never thought I'd be able to see. Like I, I'm sure you guys felt the same way with like the Will Pond, but like this is just incredible. Like first you get you re, you lock up Diaz, you get Verlander to replace the Grom, you get uh, Quintana, you get 
uh, the Japanese pitcher Sanga, who looks like he's going to be really good. Um, last year you had Scherzer and and Canna and Marte, and all those guys were like key contributors. And now you you're going after Carlos Correa, and it's just like it, I can't believe I can't believe it. Honestly, I really can't believe to it. I think it's, we were this close to A Rod, J Lo, and then whoever else. <laughs> right, I was Dave Portnoy was in there Beal. too. I was thinking yeah. the exact same thing. Like, if this would, if A Rod bought the team, no way we would have half these guys. No way. No I wouldn't chance. have any of them. Nope. But like, I, I'm, I can't believe, I can't believe that happened. Like, I woke up stunned. I woke up stunned <laughs> on uh, uh, yesterday on Wednesday. Um, I was nuts. I can't believe it. Uh, I was beyond pissed. I went to bed right before it happened. Woke up late <laughs> the next morning. I was beyond pissed. <laughs> <laughs> To cap off the day, too, the Mets traded James McCann. And, like, I was kind of calling for that. Like, you know, they got to shed some salary. Um, Might be bigger than Correa. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) A lot of Mets fans acted like that. Facts. Right. It was so brutal. So, like, who's who's catching this year? They got uh, Narvaez, right? And now what are they going to give? Alvarez? Nito. Nito and Narvaez will split. Yeah. Nito and Narvaez. Nito Norvaez. So what, Alvarez to AAA? DH, baby. Oh, DH. Correa third. Mm-hmm. That's going to be – that's good. That's a loaded lineup. There's going to be definitely gonna, some guys that we're going to have, like, coming off the bench, like Escobar or Vogel back. Those are some good bats. Canna's going to be hitting bench. eighth. Seriously. Canna hitting eighth. It's like – that's a damn good eight hitter, man. That's. I mean, I know the Phillies have a have – a, have a pretty loaded like offensive lineup um but that's like that's got to be up there that's you know doing whatever you can to 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 make it work compete now like with the uh with the added playoff spots you know there is a chance that the Mets could squeak their way in there I honestly they could compete for the division if, if all goes well next year if everybody stays healthy and that's a big if 162 games very hard to stay healthy throughout that I want the entire National League you're talking just the division. Yeah. I want the entire National League. Yeah. I think they 100%. can compete with the Dodgers this year. I really do. And especially if they add Liam Hendricks right now, there's connections there. I think that there's no reason to believe they can't compete with the Dodgers this year. Yeah, but does, like, Hendricks want to to close, or, like, is he okay in his setup role? Because if he's if he's fine with the setup role, I'm, I'm, I'm in for that 100%. That's a good question. Winning's winning, no money's money. I don't know. True. True. Yeah. yeah, so if he buys into to whatever the, the Mets have going on here, like they're the Mets are obviously so built to win right now at this very moment. And uh you know, it's it's like screw screw Brett, Brett Beatty, screw Vientos, you know, screw Alvarez and Ronnie Mauricio. Like we're here right now. We want Jeff McDeal, we want Lindor, Correa, like these guys are you know the core for right at like 12 years for Correa. That's a, that's insane, man. <laughs> Freaking awesome though, dude. It doesn't hurt to have another superstar in the lineup. I bet you Beatty's going to get reps in left field. Left field. People were saying it. apparently he played it in the minors a little bit. Yeah. I think he's going to get reps out there. I think he starts here in triple A, depending yes. if they trade Escobar. That's the real question. Cause you're seeing he might be thrown out the door. Now that they brought Correa in just to shed some more money. But if they, Carry the year with Escobar. Beatty's probably going to start in Triple A, if I had to guess. The depth in on the roster is unreal. Like, Not a and, bad problem to have. 
yeah, for real. They actually, they actually addressed the bullpen this time. Uh, <laughs> that guy from the Rays is good, right? Brooks Rayleigh? Really? Yeah. He's good. I just assume because he's from the Rays, he's really good. Like, all those guys <laughs> that come out of their bullpen, all their pitchers are great, the Rays. And then when they brought Robertson in, I thought, no way they were bringing Ottavino back, too, and they yep. still just bring him back. That was good. I love. I liked Ottavino last year. I thought he was, he had a pretty good year for the for the Mets. And then Robertson too. I I talk I talk with Python about how they should have gone after him at the deadline, but that, that now they get him rough. now. Yeah. No pun intended. But... <laughs> they brought Ruff back, right? Yeah. Ugh, send Eesh. him to the moon next, please. Seriously, he's got to be next, dude. He's been... yeah. I don't I don't think he's gonna get 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 too many uh, cracks in the lineup, like left-handed pitching. Left-handed pitching, and he couldn't do that spectacularly well in his time with the Mets last year. So we'll we'll see what what happens uh, with that. But like a lineup prediction, we we have Canna hitting eighth, maybe, right? Like what's the top of the order? Like I saw the other, I saw yesterday, like Marte hitting sixth. That's insane. Well, yeah, that's a real question. I wonder if they're gonna still go with Marte in the two hole and go with hitting Correa fifth, which would just be stupid, <laughs> but. Because they, we know that they liked Marte in the two hole a lot, so I really wonder how they're going to construct the lineup. Because you could go Nemo, Marte, Lindor, Alonso, Correa, then McNeil, and Vogelback, <laughs> Vogelback seventh, and then Cat yeah. eighth. Like <laughs> that's just stupid. That's just stupid. And to think that there's a chance maybe Otani's here by the deadline and he's oh. in that lineup. I mean. Well, now if I mean now with with them being set up to win right now, like it's it's okay to start talking about moving some of the prospects that the Mets have. Like before with the Soto talks, I wasn't really sold on you know like the future outlook. At you know if we traded like Beatty for included him in a package for Soto, what would happen at third base? But now that Correa is locked in there for the next twelve years. Um, I don't know what his metrics or his stats are like defensively at third base or how, how much he's played. I know he's primarily a shortstop, but he's okay playing third base if it's with Lindor. Um, but if you have Gray penciled in there for the next 12 years, now you could start saying, like, yeah, I could give up this guy in the trade. Like, I could give up Mauricio. I could give up uh, Beatty or Vientos, maybe both. Uh, maybe not Alvarez because... You know, the Mets need a need a catcher desperately. They haven't I had one. Give up Parada. Yeah. Right. Uh, oh yeah, that's true, Parada. But like you know, the baseball prospects they they take a little bit longer uh, to to develop. Might be good to hold on to Alvarez now. But you know, but those other guys, you could start, you know, potentially packaging them in, in a in a in a trade for for Otani. I don't. I that would be crazy if that happens. I don't know what I would do, man. Like that. <laughs> If Steve Cohen could make that happen, I could like never complain about like a manager, like a a front office decision for like the next five years. I don't, I don't think I'll be able to, because like they, they just gave so much to the to to the fans in the first like in the last two years, and I was not expecting it. I was not expecting it to be that immediate. But you know, when you have an owner that loves the Mets as much as Steve Cohen, and has as much money as Steve Cohen, <laughs> good things happen. I guess uh, I'm willing to spend thirty dollars on food at the stadium now. Like, <laughs> right? You you might get the ticket prices. Like I I saw ticket prices towards the end of the season were like fifteen bucks for some seats. I don't think that's gonna happen anymore. I think everything is going up. 
Uh, but whatever, man, it's worth it. It'll be the worth product's it gonna be there, dude. You pay you pay a premium for a good product. Right, and the product, it's not like the product wasn't there last year. It was good, but now it's great. <laughs> it projects to be great if everything goes well, like knock on wood. Like, mm. man, um, man, it's going to be so exciting because like, now we have Buck, like an actually good manager in charge of this roster. You know, it's it's good for him too because he really hasn't had the best rosters throughout his career. I mean, he test that you gave me with Rojas. Oh, Yeesh. yeah, yeah. <laughs> Good developmental coach, though, bro. Hosh is not in the MLB. Too much for the MLB for him. All right. Yeah. yeah. Remember Mickey Calloway? Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Mr. I hate accountability. That guy's a weird. Didn't, didn't he have, like, something with, like, uh, like some sexual abuse allegations recently? Was that I, him? I think so. It I was think... uh, not abuse. He was just, like, a predator. That that was the, <laughs> oh, God, what friends, a nut. Weird. He was like sending weird stuff to reporters, things like that, <laughs> unconsensually. Uh, it, uh, it was brutal. God, I'm glad those days are over for Mets fans. We're, we're surrounded by good press these days, dude. We're on pace for like one superstar per offseason for Steve Cohen. Went from Lindor to Scherzer to now Correa. Every offseason, we're getting a superstar. Hey, got to be showing. We got Otani. Oh yeah, offseason. Right, exactly. Soto the year after. Oh God! Remember, I remember in like 2013, the Mets refused to sign anybody. Like they they signed <laughs> like Sean Markham and called it a day. <laughs> They're like, oh yeah, we're good. Brandon Lyon. <laughs> oh yeah, that's Saw even more winner. recent. Saw young winner. Oh my God! It's like, yeah, like we- let me let me go after Chris Capuano, and that's it. There's our all Noria Yoki was hitting lead off for us. Just the oh garbage my. that we had. Oh my God. <laughs> Yeah, yeah when, the, when the big signings were Jed Lowry. Like, that was, like, the big news of the offseason. Oh, yeah, that was our depth. <laughs> that was supposed to be good because he played well, except he didn't end up playing at all. That. <laughs> it's just brutal. Dude, I'm old enough to remember when the Mets got Moises Alou, and it was, like, the biggest news ever. And that guy was a big – well, actually, he didn't do bad for the Mets, but he was 40 years old when we signed him. Robinson Cano. Oh. Yeah, Robinson Cano. <laughs> So that, that trade that trade for Edwin Diaz is like I, I see Rob Luker post the picture all the time for the Rangers, but it's like I don't know how you did it. You did the wrong steps, but you got the right <laughs> answer. I don't know how you did it. That was that trade there for, for the for the Mets. Well, dude, it makes you wonder. Maybe Seattle knew that Cano sucked and that when we took him on, it was more of like, all right, if you want if you want Diaz so bad, you gotta eat his contract for us. Yeah, but and then they gave we had to give up Kelnick. Yeesh. That's the thing that's crazy, too. Cano's still on the payroll for this year. <laughs> it's ridiculous that he's still willing to spend that much. But that's the same thing for a lot of baseball teams, though. Like, they have a lot of players that their teams have a lot of players that they're going to be paying until, like, well past they retire because they defer the payment. Mm-hmm. But the Mets are like, everybody picks on them because of Bobby Bonilla. <laughs> it's Steve Cohen's favorite day of the year. He tweets it out every year. Yeah, it's not, it's going to mean nothing. It's gonna mean nothing to him. <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna make all of his money back just with the product <laughs> that he's putting out out there. And you know, I'm just so happy as a Mets fan. I'm I'm glad that I'm glad that they're doing that. Steve Cohen is doing everything he can, literally, to make the team as good as it as it can right now. Right he now, he was no on vacation, waiting. dude. He spent three hundred and fifteen million dollars on one player on vacation. Yeah. Dude, I have a hard time spending $315 on vacation. This guy put six zeros after that. I really want to know if he was drunk that night. I That's what we need <laughs> insight on because 
he had to have been oh, at least a little, at least a Just little. chugging margaritas. <laughs> it, I I wouldn't even be I wouldn't even be mad because it's it's a it's a good move. Like the Mets needed a bat, they needed an impact player, and he did it. He made he. It doesn't matter who it was to me. It doesn't matter who it is. Like if it was Bogarts or if it's Devers or if he goes after Otani, which is still a possibility apparently. Uh, maybe he trades for Mike Trout. Yeah, just give all the superstars. Why not? Seriously, pay for everything. Oh man, but yeah, it's like Randy with the balls in the wheelbarrow. That's what <laughs> South Park. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The things are looking good for the around. Mets uh, until they're setting it. One of my friends told me, like his one of his friends was saying, like, uh, you know, the Mets are doing all these good things, and they're setting me up for the biggest heartbreak in my life. Hope we didn't jinx that. You know, I know, I know, I shouldn't jinx it, but it's how <laughs> it is. Man. Wild card losses. Oh, how do the guy feel? Oh. That was a heartbreak. Yeah, one hit in Game Three, one. And Madison Bumgarner in 2016. I'm not over that. Oh, I'm not over that. that. The Lucas Duda throw. Ugh. Oh my god, Lucas Duda. <laughs> he was that a was... star for us back then. What happened? <laughs> yeah, remember that year's opening day lineup was like with John Mayberry and oh my god. Ruben Tejada and all yeah, these our guys. Our left side was Ruben Tejada and Wilmer Flores. Like, what happened? <laughs> I think Michael Deaza was in there somewhere. Oh yeah. <laughs> so yeah, Deaza was twenty six. Oh, he... <laughs> Dude, he was doing something. <laughs> that was 2015 is when Conforto had his come up. I think it was yes. the year after, right? Yeah. And I wonder if they're going to bring Conforto back. That's another name. That's intriguing. Yeah, he'd be a bench piece at this point. I bet you it was up to Conforto at this point because he might want a full-time job. But if he wants to win, come back. Yeah. yeah. yeah I see them more going for an AJ Pollock. I, I think agree. that's the end of landing. Who who'd they sign? Who they sign yesterday? They signed someone to a million dollar deal with four years of control last night. Um, the guy from the White Sox. He has a really funny name. Rendick or something. Mendick. 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 Oh, there you go. Danny Mendick. Name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. People people uh, make a whole bunch of jokes with that name. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> oh man. But yeah, things are looking up for the Mets. Uh, I can't say enough good things about this offseason for, for them. Unbelievable, man. This is the most excited I've been for a season in a while. Like, last season I was excited. This tops it by a mile. Mm-hmm. Right. right. You know, I mean, man. it was only, what, what, two or three weeks ago we were saying, wow, the Mets really aren't as good going into next season as they were last season. Now it's like they've completely blown that last year's roster out of the roster. Uh, excuse me, out of the water. Yeah, for sure. I, Wild. I thought it was great last year, the, the team. Yeah, 101 games, can't really complain. And then we somehow eclipsed that in terms of the product we're putting on the field. They just choked near the end. They went on their first cold streak of the year at the very end of the season. So note note to self, get that out of the way at the start and not at the end. Yeah, and for my sake too, because living in Charlotte, everyone around here is a freaking Braves fan. So I got (laughs) – all I did was hear it. All I did was hear it. I was begging for them to get eliminated. Last collapse. Oh. Last thing on the Mets before we transition to the Rangers. Um, remember when we had uh, a Danny Echeverria? I don't know why I'm thinking of this, but remember when we cut him right before the day, the day before he was supposed to get like a a bonus because he was on the roster after like June 30th? 
that's the, man. that's the level of petty his wife on like tiktok or something it was funny <laughs> dude those days are in the past now steve cohen could honestly piss away is it so nice talking really about a sport that doesn't have a salary cap yes yeah, seriously so nice? oh my god the nhl's yeah. got to adopt that dude i don't think it's it's difficult i don't know i don't know cap. just a soft cap give me give me something to work with here I didn't believe any of those rumors that like it was going to go up three, four million dollars. I thought that was ridiculous. I'm like, where? Where are you getting that money from? There's no way uh, viewership went up that much. I, I think that was Bettman trying to trying to coerce uh, the players to pay off more of their what's it called? Uh, what do they owe? Escrow. Escrow. Yeah, I think that was him trying to motivate them to pay it off faster so they can raise the cap more. But that was, I think, that was another tactic to turn the fans against the players with escrow and all the old heads and junk like that. But I don't think the Caps jump in this next season. This season after, I'll jump. Yep, and then the Rangers will move Philip Heedle and keep Barbagujo around. <laughs> oh, my God. God. I swear to God, if that happens, I'll be really mad. I'll be really mad because now I'm falling in love with Heedle. He is – he's a real deal. He's hes like – he's a really good player, especially like right now he's on a streak. The, the guy just needs to stay healthy. That's it. I'm glad that he was able to work his way in the lineup in, against Pittsburgh. I'm glad that that hit was – uh, you guys saw that, right, in the Chicago game? Yeah. Like I so, like, I'm glad that he didn't get, like, really hurt or anything. I was I was concerned that he came out of that game, but they were saying, um, you know, probably it's, uh, there's no reason to go back into the game. They were already winning. Might as well just take it safe, play it safe. I agree with that. Good he thing that he – Hedl's kind of patience showing off. Like this is year five for Hedl, and we're—I mean, you could argue he's one of the better forwards on the Rangers right now. Yeah, like even strength-wise, he's—he's great. Makes his own zone entries. Great skater, terrific shot. Now he's starting to play a little bit more defense. He's starting to back check a little bit more. Love to see it. And he can maybe if, just win some face-offs. That would help. Yeah, yeah. yeah. All all comes with time, I'd say. With with him. Uh, be interesting to see how he looks at the wing but well you know what i wish he'd get a little bit more playoff time because filipino right now on the rangers and i'm looking at it despite playing about 10 less games than every other forward on the rangers team he's fourth on the rangers in even strength points he's third in even strength points for rangers forwards only behind panarin and zibanejad so i mean he's doing pretty dang good right now and i i wish hito would get more ice man it might it might all be in the colored visor i don't know but the kid is just on something this year yeah, he's really feeling it, and his confidence is is at an all time high. Like it's mm-hmm. been gradually going up year after year, but this year he looks great, looks decisive with the puck. He's actually able to generate. He doesn't need anybody else to generate offense. He's the one generating all the chances. Mm-hmm. Like last week, I I called him the quarterback of the kid line, and yeah. I think it's I think it's true. And then he scored a goal on the power play. Go figure. Final, power play. final minutes of the game the other night instead of Barkley Gudra. Hallelujah. <laughs> that, yeah, the, the lines are like far from perfect in, in my opinion. It, it's there's there's some tinkering that needs to be done. I'm still trying to figure out what those perfect lines are that Glant was hinting at hinting at earlier this week. Uh, I would love to know what those are. And um, if he's just waiting on like a player to maybe get comfortable. Maybe it's Kravtsov. Maybe it is Kravtsov because Kravtsov has been playing on like the fourth line, but he doesn't get that much ice time. I have yeah, his on ice statistics pulled out, pulled up. 
So in 14 games this year, 136 minutes and 49 seconds total time on ice. That's like, it says time on ice per game is like 945, 946. Um, his, his rates are, are incredible. Like his Corsi four, like shot attempts, 52.16%. Uh, 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 shots for 50.4%. That's good. Over 50% is great. When he's, man, goals for percentage per 60 minutes. So, like, if you alloc- if you stretch it out so that he's playing, like, a full 60-minute game, uh, 77.78%. Jesus. That's unheard of. Outstanding. Expected Christ goals, too, per 60%, um, 56.93. So, he's doing, he's doing great. Uh, he needs to be in the lineup. I don't know what the – what the reason is to get him out of the lineup. He's obviously the better player over Sammy Blay. I like Brodzinski, but long-term, Brodzinski can't be your fourth-line center. Like, I'm sorry, you have you have options right now that are possible uh, pieces of your future that you, you should be playing. Gauthier is one of them. That's a huge one. I don't know why he's out of the lineup. I'm really, really hoping, really hoping that it's not because Gallant thinks Blay is playing better than him. <laughs> I'm really hoping that it's because he wants Blay to get, you know, a couple games here and there so that he stays fresh in case there's an injury. I'm really hoping that's the case because if it isn't, I have no idea what Gallant is looking at. That guy, Goche, draws more penalties than any player on the team. He's one of the best penalty drawers in the league. He draws more individual, he makes more individual scoring chances. The guy is a beast out there. But he only gets like a little bit of ice time, so I don't know what the thinking is to scratch him. What do you guys think? Mm, you go first, Python. It's not even just the drawing penalties. Like I feel like he just really helps drive the fourth line's offense, also. And I feel like he's not getting enough. He's another one that's not getting enough ice time either when he's in the lineup. Him, like utilize your fourth line more. There's a reason that you got to roll out all four lines. There's a reason. Down the stretch last season, you were getting production from every single line because you used them more equally. Granted, I know that it was more because the K line was buzzing. You had Tyler Mott on the team as well. But with the way Kravtsov, Goche, and even Brzezinski, I think it's been good enough. You got to give these guys more ice time and just let them let them play, let them fly. And you're going to start seeing the production, especially from Kravtsov. He's so close with the lineups too. Just put Kravtsov on the top line and move Goudreau down. I don't see the harm in it. And with the metrics that you just said with Kravtsov, him with Panarin and Zabajad, that could be that could be scary if you just let it happen. Yeah, it's if you just let it happen. Go ahead, Nick. You want to add on to that? Um, I actually agree with everything you said, and I would honestly just regurgitate that. It makes no sense that Goudreau continues to find his way anywhere that isn't the fourth line. I don't know what the harm is on putting a Gauthier or a Kravtsov in the top in the top nine at the very least giving it a shot and about like those perfect lines you're a head coach in the nhl your main objective is to lose games why would you say i have the perfect lines and dangle them like a carrot instead of just putting them on the ice to win games which is what you're being paid millions of dollars to do just makes no sense to me (laughs) it's funny too because he says i have the perfect lines as the rangers are in the middle of a seven game winning streak or whatever however many games it was at the time seriously so you're saying this could get better just, like it, I don't, I, it just it just makes no sense to me to, to tell you the truth, dude. If we're just talking just 
just how players might, you know, bounce off each other and this, that, and the other thing. I think having Goudreau and Gauthier on a line together would actually be pretty, pretty damn effective. Both players could forecheck, Gauthier could drive offense, and we've seen how good Barkley Goudreau is in front of the net, whether it's deflecting pucks or picking up rebounds. And what is what is Julian Gauthier do more than any other player on the Rangers? Drives a net, and there always seems to be a rebound or a loose puck after he does so. Maybe Barkley Goudreau on a line with him could knock in those rebounds. I just, he always seems to do say. something when he's out there. So yeah. that's why I like him on the fourth line. Like, I don't necessarily need him in a top six role. Mm-hmm. Like, just as long as you make the other team run around there for a little bit. You know? Fire them out, draw a penalty. It's, that's what he's good at. That's what he needs to do. Like, Julian Gauthier is a phenomenal athlete. He lacks a lot of hockey IQ that NHLers do possess. But he's a phenomenal athlete. The guy's 230 pounds, and he's one of the fastest players, if not the fastest forward skater on the Rangers. Why not just let him play his game? Put on someone that can knock in his rebounds. Yeah, it's 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 frustrating to see uh, Gauthier come out of the lineup. I'm, I've been such a big supporter of him, and it's, it's, it's really frustrating. Like, I don't understand what Blay is doing to, to get in there. Maybe they are trying to keep him fresh. Blay lost at least fights or anything. He literally mm-hmm. does nothing for the team mm-hmm. at all. I don't understand. At least Ryan Reeves brought that element. If you wanted Seriously. to argue anything, like I, I just don't understand what Blay's doing to get in the lineup continuously, unless he's the coach's son in the new Nemeth. <laughs> I, I don't know. <laughs> for real, for real, he's got like dirt on the organization. Like, Dude, he, I, lost. he lost such a step from last season. It is a shame because. Oh, I'm sure we could all admit the big Sammy Blay prior to uh, Subban destroying his knee was uh, looked looked excellent for us. He was all over the ice. He was fast. He had hands. He had a shot. Again, I'm, I think I mentioned this the last time we talked, but that goal, I think he scored in the preseason. I, it might have been Nashville, but actually it might have even been New Jersey where he cut low, drove the net, came out in front, or he dangled somebody. Dude, I don't know what that it was. That was New Jersey. Yeah, it was disgusting. It was in the preseason, though. Yeah, that was, was nice. It was ridiculous. Like that, like that. Sammy Blay, he's he doesn't exist anymore. And I attribute a lot to his to his knee injury. But listen, he's making his money. The NHL is it's about winning. It's what are you doing for me now, not what you do for me before. You're right now. You're not winning with him. He he lost a step, and I feel bad for him. But I'm sorry. This is a this is a business. This is a winning league. You got to move on. And yeah, it has to do with the trade. You're not making the mm-hmm. trade look good. Just no. Just accept it. It's a hundred percent. 100%. And yeah. he's taking a valuable cap space that the Rangers are going to need at the deadline if they want to make a lot of moves. I think he becomes a, a trade piece on uh, at the deadline. And then maybe if you want to replace him, you got guys in, in AHL. You got uh, like Will Cooley's down there. You could bring up. Read all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Pau Niemi if he's ready. If anything, if you want to get some goal scoring maybe in the lineup. If you need like, you know, one shot. Mm-hmm. Like, Still get Brzezinski make, too. Yeah. Who's yeah, also in the NHL? You have Brzezinski, yes. Um, yeah, I went to the game on Saturday in Philly, and you know, I said at the beginning of the game, like, "Oh yeah, Gar- Goudreau on the top line. Oh man, I'm ready for another game where he sucks." <laughs> and oh my God, he played out of his mind. Like he's he's like the remember in like the 2020 2021 the shortened season when Blackwell kept getting top six ice time. <laughs> Like, Blackwell was good. Like, nothing mm. wrong with Blackwell. It's just he's not the one that needed to get the ice time in that spot. Except, And then he just kept scoring goals. Mm-hmm. You know? Goudreau keeps getting points. <laughs> he's not the one that needs to be up there, but he's the one that keeps getting the points. And honestly, 
I might buy into that narrative that Panarin likes those puck retrievers, like those guys that get into the corners because he that's mm-hmm. what he does. That's all Goudreau is good at. Like he's good at along the boards. I mean, at least in a top six role, that's all he's right. good at is he does make a couple of good passes here and there too, which mm-hmm. is outstanding. He's like playing some of the best hockey is is of his life right now. He's got to be. But long term, I don't think he's the answer there. I think he's a good plug every now and again. Like if God forbid somebody goes down, you plug him in there. But otherwise, I think there's players better than him that could be puck retrievers if we need him to. Mm-hmm. And like analytics wise, it's not the numbers haven't been the greatest for for the for the team. But now like the team is actually getting the results. Mm-hmm. They look more like last year's team. Rely on Chesterkin, get a good power play here and there. Penalty kill. It just mm-hmm. makes no sense to me. It makes none. <laughs> they were so analytically good at the beginning of the year, losing games, and now they're getting rewarded for getting bailed out by goaltending again. Mm-hmm. The sport doesn't make sense. It like, really doesn't. like the numbers right now, they're catching up with all those expected goals totals, those probabilities that they had at the beginning of the year, and now they're not getting the chances. So mm-hmm. before they were getting all the chances and none of the goals. Now they're getting all the goals, but none of the chances. <laughs> They're getting like those uh, one shot, one goal opportunities, like where it's just, mm-hmm. you know, you get the good, you, you the clutch factor, whatever you want to call it. It's just, they're getting, they're getting the, they're cashing in on the, the good chances that they have. Uh, the goals for percentage during this winning streak was through the roof 65.71%. Ridiculous. Ridiculous. It, was exactly, it was exactly 50% right before the streak, right before oh the game God. against St. Louis. Mm-hmm. Jesus Christmas. Wow. That's actually yeah. wild. The shooting percentage, the team shooting percentage from the game against the Blues to the loss against the Penguins was 13%. From the start of the season to right before the Blues game, 7.5%. Bam. Jesus. Yep. Yep. That's the. That's like wow. the it's been two 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 stories really like it's been night and day. Um, I love seeing the Rangers dominate the games, but it's I also want to see the wins too. Like where yeah. where the goal is going to come when it That's when is this going to happen? And they, I think like Gallant and you could even consider James Dolan to be an important factor in this process. Is that those guys are very impatient. Because of the New York, you want you want success, you want results right now. ECF last year, you want to start winning games. It's an it would be an embarrassment if they were towards the bottom of the league with this roster. Mm-hmm. So they must feel like they have to do something, even though that something is not really what's going to like it's it shouldn't it shouldn't work, but it is. These lines really should like like Goudreau on the top line shouldn't work, but it is. No. I don't know why. For now. For now. Ryder, Trocek, and VZ, though, I think that's, that Love line it. needs to stay together. I think it's great. Love it. I agree. I love that Love line. it. They the, bounce off each other well, dude. All right, and that, that, they, they work together just about as perfect as you need a third line to right now. Mm-hmm. That's a, that's a north-south line. Trocek was talking about that. They all play the exact same way, and they're all capable of doing the same exact stuff. Like, right. Ryder could play defense. Mm-hmm. VZ could play offense. Trocek is good at both. Like VZ is more of a defensive forward. Carter's more of an offensive forward. But they could both, in a pinch, they could they could do whatever. They they all three of those guys kill penalties. They're great. Really almost, good third line. 
almost reminiscent, not ex- not their play style, but their efficiency of the Brazuk Pouliot line. Not as their st- not as their style, but in terms of their efficiency for a line that's just either the second or third line on any given night, I f- I think at least their production is reminiscent of it. And the fact that even if they're not scoring on any given shift, like that line, uh, like the Brazuk uh, Pouliot line, they always provide energy. Every shift I, they're out there, there's energy, and they are just buzzing all over the ice. Are you like saying like pick of the week, eh? Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. All right. All right. At least energy-wise, they provide energy when they're not scoring, and it, it, I don't know. They just they just they work well for some reason. I just I get these vibes between Trocheck and Kreider that they just freaking work. I don't know why. It just I don't know. Actually, I'll tell you. I'll tell you why I think it works. I think Trocheck has actually brought out some of the physicality in Kreider again. Something we haven't seen in a while. Like Kreider this season is throwing bodies in the corner and down low, like on a consistent basis, not just when he feels like it, all the time. And I love watching it. Kreider, Kreider, Trocheck, Vizi, as uh, Broussard, Pouliot, Zuccarello. That, that's the uh, the comparison. Not in style, but like, in, in it, efficiency. Efficiency, as in, like, does this work versus does it not? Just the fact that it works perfectly. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you, you take VC and you compare him to Pouliot, a guy on a one-year sort of just try it listen, you'll probably get replaced at the deadline. But, oh, my God, you worked out. You can stay past the deadline and come on a playoff run with us. Yeah, no, th- there's no replacing VZ. He's His value's been outstanding. No management, that, because like I said, Drew <laughs> and VC are staying overheatle then. Yeah. <laughs> Don't tell management. Yeah, VC's no. going to get a four times four after this season. No, oh, my God. No, 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 no. <laughs> You know what would be great for him? Like a Nick Paul contract. Like seven times two. Something like Freaking that. Nick Paul, dude. What a move that would have been for the Rangers if they would have gotten him. Oh, my God. Those deaf players. Oh, I said it on the worked, other show. Dude. The other yeah. show I did this week. Like, Brandon Hagel was worth so much because Paul's controlled uh, a bottom six piece. I think they locked him up, right? He's locked up, Brandon Hagel. Yeah. Oh, wait, did they? Conversation. For the uh, president of the Tyler Mott community, <laughs> Call, it, give me Mott back, please. That would be that would back. be a really like I would go I would do play for Mott straight up. It, it should have just been in the off season. Yeah. I, I know, I know. The, the 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 thing there was the Reeves extension shouldn't have happened right away. Like if you if you trade trading him no trading sense. for him was fine, but you shouldn't have given him the extension like. A year in advance, like you should have wait, waited to see how everything played out. Because like, Reeves was good for that first like, year. He was, but like, was he worth a whole third round pick? Like, he couldn't nego- They couldn't negotiate like really like a third round pick for this guy. Like, they couldn't just maybe. Maybe I'm being stingy, but maybe like a fourth or a fifth. Kind of what we traded I agree. him for. We gave less for Tyler Mott. It doesn't make that's, sense. That's what I'm saying. Like, we gave up a pick in the in one of the first ninety picks in the draft for a guy that we knew his one role was to throw bodies play six minutes a night, and get into the occasional fight. I just don't know how that was worth a third-round pick. Mm-hmm. Maybe I'm mm-hmm. being a little bit too much, but that's just – I just never understood it. And yeah. he had more ice time than that because Gallant loved playing him. Seriously. Tonight's where he played more than Kako. <laughs> they, been, he's been running the kids out there. He's been running yeah. the kid line out there. What are we thinking about the kid line? We think we should, they should stay together or no? Yes. yes. They yeah. should remain the second line. The second one, yeah. Points during that seven-game win streak combined, yeah. seventeen combined, yeah. Ridiculous, dude. That yeah, was yeah. that was the best. That was awesome. I and do notice that they give up a lot of chances, but 
they are exciting. They're filled with energy. They're they all all of them look like they're playing great right now. Like they they're all playing great. They all look confident, stuff like that, you know. And then like you could make a decision, you know, if you want to increase another line scoring, you could break it up for a little bit. But right now, I think it looks it looks pretty good. I think the confidence with them is the most important thing because when they lack confidence, it shows. They're not making plays. They're dumping the puck in, playing that David Quinn hockey. When they, when they, ah, oh man, just they look so good lately. They look like they're hungry for the puck. They want it. it. Doesn't just explode off of their stick, or you know, they don't treat it like a grenade. They're actually like caressing the puck, making moves with it. And God, it's nice to watch. Mm-hmm. The only one I'd say that has been playing that way lately is Laffy. I, mm-hmm. I haven't been liking his game as much. There are times where he looks scared with the puck. He's dumping mm-hmm. it. In. There are times where he's just refusing to get in on the four check every once in a while. I'd like to see a bit more from him. But even mm-hmm. then, I looked at his possession metrics recently. I was shocked to see his Corsi at like 54% or something recently. What? Really? I'd even think. You see what I mean? Like, I swear, with those wow. analytics, sometimes it's like, where? Where are you getting this from? And it's like, when, it, when it's really good, like for a player you wouldn't expect, it's like, what? How is that possible? And then when it's for like Gauthier, who I think is amazing, all of his metrics are below 50%. Mm-hmm. And it's like, why? How? How is this possible? How? That is it. wild. I would Ooh. love to understand that a little bit more. Like, why does it seem like the good players have bad analytics, but the bad player, the people I think are bad, have good analytics? Get that's it. actually that's actually wild that his course is that positive. Yeah, yeah he I couldn't believe it. Doesn't seem uh, like he crazy. has the puck a lot. That's crazy. I'm, that is I'm wild. Looking up Tyler Mott's uh, stats right oh. now. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm in pain, you know? <laughs> <laughs> um, Tyler Mott. Uh, yeah, all below 50%, but like. Um, Still would be a good good player to, to have back. He's not really an offensive guy. He's more of a defensive, like uh, penalty killer guy. What is like giveaways to takeaways? Uh, yeah, for his career, he's, he's a pretty solid defensive. He he draws a lot of penalties. Oh, I love that. Mm-hmm. I love that. <laughs> I bet you they revisit bringing him back at the deadline. It, it, like it, as if, if for nothing else than like a fail safe. I, I just don't see how they don't bring him back. Yeah, that would be nice. Like, that wasn't even Drury's move. That was like somebody else in the room was like, oh, yeah, this guy, like, you should go Mm -hmm. after him. And it's like, oh, yeah, this guy is good. Like, I don't know anything about this guy. This guy's good. Yeah. Hopefully they, hopefully they go, they go for something like that. That would be awesome. awesome. I'd love an intriguing fourth liner on my list for them to get at the deadlines, Nick Benino. Yes. God, yes, please. I love Benino, dude. He would be freaking awesome. Yeah. He's definitely towards the top of my list. Um, I'm trying to think of others. I I really wonder, too, if they go the route of a guy like, doing like a Hagel-like move where they try to get a guy that has an extra year left on his contract, maybe at some retained salary, and give up extra assets just to have a guy for the extra year next year with how tight they're going to be on cap. Who that guy is? No idea, but the only guy that comes to my mind is Jack Rosovic. That's really about it. For that wouldn't be a bad pickup like at all. That would be a nice little pickup. We were, that would be a sneaky pickup. Nick and I were talking a few weeks ago also about Gavrikov 
Gavrikov, I'd love Gavrikov. Oh, that's a, that that's awesome. a great third pair defenseman. That's Seriously. like that's like Strawman or Klein written all over him. No love to Ben Harper. Mm-hmm. I know. I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Harper's been solid to his yeah, credit. He's been, he's all, been right, all right. Yeah. He's replaceable. Don't get me wrong. He's absolutely replaceable. But he hasn't played bad given, you know, where he came from. And the right. joke of it is when they get it a third pair D man, he's gonna be the one out of here and Hayek's still gonna somehow stay on the roster. <laughs> yeah, Hayek's our deadline pickup, actually. Oh my yeah. god. My bad. The internal pickup. The, the analytics <laughs> speaking of third pair defensemen, the analytics may say that Schneider is like, you know, he's got gets a lot of stuff against him, like he's less than fifty percent or whatever, but he's been playing really, really well. Like of course, somebody's got to – you're going to get chances against your team at some point during the game. Mm-hmm. So it'll probably come against, like, your, your, weaker, your weaker lines, right? Like your third line, your fourth line, third pair defensive. But he does a good job well, of breaking up those plays. Really, really good does. job. You could, you could almost argue that he's essentially carrying whoever his partner is night after night. To, like, I think Schneider's good enough to the point where he's essentially carrying that third pair. Yeah. I, I say so for sure. I agree. He had a lot of great noticeable plays against Pittsburgh last game. A lot. Mm-hmm. That break up in front for Crosby and uh, Raquel, I think mm-hmm. it was. Beautiful. He Beautiful. he looks better and better. And it's weird because it looked like he was struggling at the beginning of the year. And it looked like, man, they messed up and they should have kept Niels. But now I, I'm loving Schneider's play. I still go back to like, there's no telling whether Lundqvist would have done the same thing that he's doing in Dallas over here. Like, because the Rangers are cursed no in that room department. It's in yeah. space for him. I, I, don't, I don't think it was ever really meant to be for Nils. Like, he, he played awesome in Sweden, and everyone, I think we all wanted him to work out. It's just there was too many guys in front of him. I mean, who could have predicted Schneider playing in the NHL after being, what, the 19th overall pick? Like, two, not even two full years after he was drafted. Mm-hmm. Right. No one could have predicted that. That was wild. We were all saying he, he wouldn't be in the NHL for four years. That's what that's what scouts were saying. I don't think I don't think Glant would have used Lundqvist anyways, even if he mm-hmm. was good. Like because he did put up pretty good metrics last year, and he didn't use him. He mm-hmm. didn't use right. him. Truba Same deal with Kravtsov. Mm-hmm. Truba still out there as the power play quarterback over Lundqvist. It would have been ridiculous. What's that? I said he still would have thrown. Uh, Truba out there as the second power play quarterback instead of Niels Longquist if Niels <laughs> stuck around. Truba's kind of stepped See, up. I'll have to admit. I'll have to admit he has stepped it up a, a bit. Uh, still if he made five million dollars less, I wouldn't mind him. I know. I know. Yeah. I know, man. I know. I was. I was literally seconds away from saying the Mets. The, the Mets. The Rangers shouldn't have traded Zuccarello. <laughs> that. That's who the captain should have been. Uh, <laughs> Zuccarello on that first line right now would be disgusting. <laughs> Man, oh my god, like, all right, dare I say, I think the Rangers should trade for Patrick Kane if the price is right. If the price is right, (laughs) I'm still very anti Kane, I really am. I feel like there's names that you could get for a more reasonable price. I feel like he's still gonna cost a lot, unless he, unless he goes out publicly and says, I only want to play for the New York Rangers, that's the only team I'm waving my no trade clause for. Then sure, go ahead. That's what I mean. No, no, no. That's what I mean. If he's willing to do that, then great. But I still see a scenario where it's going to be a bidding war and he's going to wave for other teams also. Like, I think that 
Colorado's going to be in the mix because they just mm-hmm. always are. Edmonton will probably be back in the mix as well for him. There's going to be other teams where I don't think it's going to be worth giving up the assets. I don't know, man. I think I I have a really I have a feeling that he he's going to say like the Rangers and only the Rangers and that's it. I like, hope I so, dude. It. Like if he if, does that, that and that's the only the way. That's much. the only way because then the asking price will be will be too high. Otherwise, like I was talking to to the to the co-host on the other show that I was on this week about you know what it would take to get to get uh, uh, Patrick Kane, and they're like, "Oh, Lafreniere and Miller." I'm like, "No, you <laughs> you can't do that." What? Yeah, maybe ten years ago. Yeah, maybe ten years ago, but that's the thing. You're trading for the player he is right now and the value he has right now, not for what he once was. Like he's got one year left. It's only gonna be like twenty games plus the playoffs, if if you make the move at the deadline, that is. And he's thirty four. And he hasn't had yeah. the best year so far this year. Let's face the it. The thing is that twenty two points their own games. Panarin's gonna need to start shooting the puck more if Patrick Kane's gonna come to town yes. because I refuse to watch the two of them just pass the puck back and forth all game. I refuse, and mm-hmm. that, and I think that's, that's something, that would be something that in. they could that that they'd buy into. I think that especially with the games becoming more meaningful after the trade deadline, I think that's something that they would, you know, start they would start doing more if a move like that happened. But again, price has to be right. I'm not going over Kravtsov and a first round pick. That's it. Sorry. And the real question is, does Zibanejad stay their center? Because Zibanejad likes to have the puck on his stick, and there is something to be said about having too many cooks in the kitchen. I that would could... say I, I would say Panarin, Heedle, Kane. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. But then again, Heedle also likes to drive offense on his stick. So it's like, Heedle's you got to wonder who they'd put. Yeah, right, 100%. Good show. <laughs> <laughs> hey, but that's like, but seriously though, that's that's might end up being a possibility. I mean, when when Kane and Panarin played together, Artem and Isma was yeah. I was about to mention that. Yeah, that's what I feel like. That I feel exactly. I feel Heedle is like the Anisimov here because Anisimov was once this really talented player. The Rangers thought very highly of him. Mm-hmm. Heedle is this very talented player that the Rangers probably think very highly. Hopefully, they still do. You've got to hope extend him. With they say the, there are still injuries here, you never know. He don't they might, might be able to lock him up, man. Like they may they Dude. might might be able to give him an eight year contract. Like they eight need years. To. They be need smart to, about but it. I still have this gut feeling that they're gonna move him. I, I really God, don't I know why not, I have dude. this gut feeling. Like I hope not. I don't want it, but it wouldn't shock me. Just with It'd the I'm mistake. out there paying Trochek and Zabanajet, I feel like that's gonna be their excuse as to why they're not gonna pay a guy like Heedle, even though the right thing to do is to move Barca Gujo and yes. keep Filipino, but... Find a way to get rid of Truba, too, please, for, for um, the love of all of us. Also have to consider we have dead cap coming off the books next year, so there's some freed-up space there. No? Um, there's also, I really the, still wonder what a Laffey and Miller extension look like. Miller, I feel like we have more of a clear picture of, yes. but Laffey, I really don't know. It's going to be a bridge deal for Lafford, yeah. It has to be. I think yeah. Miller's going to get close to like what Brady Shea and uh, and Ryan McDonough got. After you think their, he's done uh, enough so far to do that? If you had an opportunity, what, what was uh, – hold on. Let's, if let's he plays like he is right that. now for the rest of the season, then yeah. But like it took this long for him to get to where he is right now. Like in terms of this season, like right now, I feel like he's back to what he, whatever he was doing in the playoffs. Right now, he's so, playing really good. So when when 
Gordon signed Brady Shea to his extension and gave him six years, $31.5 million over the contract. That's 6.6% of the cap hit um, at the time of the contract. So what's the uh, what's the cap going to next season? 82, 82.5? 83.5. Okay. So that would essentially be Keandre Miller, six, seven, or eight years you pick, you decide. Six, seven, or eight years at f- less than five and a half a year. I would, oh, I would, I would feel very comfortable paying Keandre Miller, and I, I would argue it'd probably be a bargain paying Keandre Miller five and a half million a year for the next between six and eight years because Keandre Miller, where he's at now, you could probably argue this season is worth five and a half million, and if he continues to get better and you bridge him this year, well, then you're probably talking closer to maybe a seven or eight million dollar defenseman, and then you dig yourself in a bit of a hole. Completely question. It comes like about moving Lindgren again, which I'm I'm still that's about doing that. I'm 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 a little curious on the Lindgren case too. I don't know. That's a tough. He's got Lindgren's got what another year after this year, mm-hmm. and I really don't see them moving Barkley Goudreau anytime soon. It's just who who do you replace Lindgren with? Like that's mm-hmm. the thing that at that price, who I really mm-hmm. I really don't know. It's a He's too question. good at what he does. He's a leader, too. Everyone likes the guy. Uh, Matthew Robinson hasn't showed enough at this point that he could be another Ryan Lindgren. Lindgren just has way too many intangibles. I just think he's – I think he's worth too much right now to get rid of Ryan Lindgren at any point. That's going to be a tough one, though, for, for Lindgren because his style of player we've seen does not age well at all. So uh, I'm interested That's why I'm at smart with his contracts up because if he demands, like, north of – four or five million after this deal then yeah see you later but yeah for right now you got to keep him around at this cap hit no question right yeah it, there's it, it's really tough because there's no other options that they have except goudreau like that's the pretty much just goudreau yeah and well and goudreau has a modified no trade clause so really all the rangers have to do is ask him who would you go to and they have to just make it work from there whereas truba on the other hand is a full no moving clause this year a full no move next year, and the year after that, it goes to a modified no trade. So really, Truba, we're stuck with for another year and a half at least. I really don't see Goudreau moving. Like, yeah, it took, that's why I have this gut feeling Hedl's going to be moved. That's why I have this yeah, this feeling not. like the the Rangers are. I don't know. Per, this is a conspiracy theory for sure. They're like the Rangers are telling upper management's telling Lafreniere, hey, don't break out just yet because we're going to be in cap hell if you break out right now. We won't be able to extend you. So be modest right now. Don't get too many points. <laughs> and we'll give you a bridge God. deal, $2 million for two years. <laughs> I, wonder if I swear. Lafreniere's going to get more than Kako got on a bridge. Yeah, I agree. I don't think it's going to be – I don't think it's – like the draft pedigree matters as much. It's all about like what they're worth, honestly. I – they thought we thought uh we thought Kako was gonna get more than Hedl and he didn't. Yeah, but also the thing with with uh hold on I gotta I gotta pull up this thing now because I'm so. What did Kako end up getting? Two million? Two point yeah, one? Two million. One. Two point one over two. But yeah. here's the thing with Lafreniere. So Lafreniere, if he's gonna argue anything, he he had 19 goals last year, mm-hmm. pacing for about 40 points this year, whereas Kako. Uh, what did he do prior? Forty to points for Lafreniere this year would be pretty good. It's solid, but you got to realize, Kako, so Kako last year had eighteen points in forty 
three games. That was that before. I paid him for 35 points. So he really didn't. I don't know. I, I think I think Lafreniere has a right to ask for more money than Kako got, and I think he's going to get more money than Kako got. I just don't know how much more. I mean, I I don't know how you could justify paying Lafreniere like three million dollars a year. I don't think he's I don't mm. think he's done nearly enough to do that yet. Even if he does score forty points this year, I just I don't know. I, I, I'm not a fan done... of screwing over players and using the card on them, but right, right, yeah. There's no way like you could. I don't think it's time to go for the bargain deal with Lafreniere now. He hasn't proved enough. <laughs> Miller, maybe. Miller, maybe. I wonder if they are grabbing Miller is safe box. At least a, a bit. Mm-hmm. I said, I wonder if they uh, don't regret bridging Fox. I'm wondering that myself. Yeah. Uh, oh, Fox is worth everything you give that guy, but I see what you're million, dollars, though. That's uh, like... It's, clo- it's close to a bargain right now. He's worth it. He's worth it. Actually, you look at all the other defensemen there, it's like that are making nine and a half, like Nurse and Jones. Like, mm-hmm. what? Oh my. Like, no <laughs> way those guys are that much money. I wouldn't right. mind him getting the extra million or two when Truba's off the books if you did bridge him. Because if you're able to clear Truba, you just give an extra million or two to Fox after that. And I'm fine with that. But I don't know, because there was really nowhere else to save cap at all. It really wasn't. Um, and then again, I think I think Fox was had a right to ask for like a, a big payday. Agree. Absolutely. I don't know about yeah. Maybe not. Maybe not like his real contract, but like significantly, like maybe six million for three yeah. years. And he's still, like what he's Tampa Bay did t- with Braden Point. Right. 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 I mean, he's only tied fourth. He's only the fourth highest paid defenseman. You could argue that he's one of the top defensemen in the league. Just behind oh, yeah. Eric Carlson, Dowdy, and Wierenski. He's tied with McAvoy, Seth Jones. It's ah, it's wild. I I I I think Fox is he's Adam Fox. I think he's right now the face of the franchise. But yeah. him and Shosturkin. But but we already know that. Like that's go ahead. I was just gonna say when they have to pay Igor. Oh, forget it. Igor's that's, gonna ask a lot of money. That's bargain contract right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's a makes you wonder why they didn't give him the eight-year deal after the after his first season. Because now you went from probably being able to get eight years, eight million a year to his next contract. He's probably going to want north of ten. Oh, yeah, Especially that's going to be a tough going up. We, we already know this yeah. though. Like that, that none of this would have happened if if like we didn't think that the cap was going to stay like this for for Mm-mm. this long. Like no, we signed. To that deal, expecting it to rise significantly, mm-hmm. and now it's like it, we're stuck at the same place. So, yep. You and you know do? that these agents aren't going to look at it like dollars and cents; they're going to look at it like percentages. So, when Shesterkin's asking for money, we say ten million. But you know, if the salary cap, let's play pretend, is ninety-five million, and he wants what was what was Lundqvist's percentage? He made eight and a half million. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm doing way too much math right now. This is giving me a headache. But <laughs> let's let's see what Lundqvist's thing was. When he when when Lundqvist signed, I want to say it was probably a little over ten percent when he signed ten percent. Like, let's see, let's see, let's see. He thirteen point two two percent was was uh, yes when when Lundqvist signed his extension. Assuming Shesterkin's agent is going to tell him, yeah, you're going to want equivalent to that. You're looking at thirteen to two times. Let's pretend ninety five twelve and a half million dollars a year over twelve and a half million twelve point five five nine. That's a lot of money. It's a lot. It's a lot of money, but when you're working in percentages, right? When you're just using it as a percentage of the cap hit, it's 
God, it's still a lot. You're talking almost 14% of your entire cap allocated to a single player. Now, granted, Shesterkin steals the Rangers' wins and is probably the reason the Rangers got as far as it did last year and will get far again this year. But, oh, man, I kind of hope he maybe takes a deal to stay. I'd rather, I'd still rather have this cap situation than like Edmonton's because yeah, Edmonton oh is God. too much. <laughs> it's, they don't have anything after, after mm-hmm. like their top six, they got nothing, literally nothing. nothing. McDavid only has four years left on his contract, but man, he's going to look good in a Rangers jersey. I know, right, man? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Andrew Seidel, he's only got three years left. Igor, but like I, my pipe dream is Matthews in a few years, if they could. And uh, Truba off the Bucks, dude. Imagine. Hold on, that's that's a good point you just made right there. Not that I'm not that I'm advocating for, but we're talking about players that you could potentially move. Again, I'm not advocating for it, but if the Rangers do get in a cap crunch, what are the odds they move Chris Kreider? I believe his no movement clause ends this year. No, it ends after next year. I apologize. No, it's the same 2024, as uh, 2025. Yeah, same, same as, as Truba. Yeah. I don't think that's happening. Oh, I don't right, think so then. either. But in it, a crunch. Unless some like, like rule change where it's like we could modify the cap hits of the players or something comes in, yeah, then like the Rangers are going to be in, and you know they got some serious work to do. Chris Jury's smart. No. He's he's a he smart is. general manager. I mean, some of his moves were head scratchers for sure, but he has hit on a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of moves that he's made. So I have faith in him. I think he is calling the shots there. I know, I know, Nick. You you like to think uh, Glenn Sather's still up his year or whatever, but I uh, I, I think, think he's like Emperor Palpatine, bro. He I think he's up in his year, yeah. But I think I, I I also think Drury <laughs> is 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 saying is also capable of saying no. Oh, absolutely. Season, I have a mm-hmm. feeling that he is capable capable of saying no. Screw you. I'm mm-hmm. doing my thing here. This is what right. we're, what we're doing, and that's it. I hope that's the case. I really, really <laughs> hope that's the case. You've got to hope, especially with the fact that the Rangers have really good young prospects. You don't want to see them go away for like, like the classic Rangers move of trading good prospects for one aging players and two players that you only see for 20 or 30 games and they become free agents, go elsewhere and then screw you. Brennan Offen is a player. I am very afraid they're going to move. And I really hope they I, don't. I think, I think jury loves Offen. I hope so. Cause that kid looks like he's like Ryan Callahan on steroids. I think I that think could be good. their deadline pickup too. I think that if mm-hmm. the OHL season ends, he could come in. Him mm-hmm. on that first line wouldn't be bad either. Would not, if dude. Anyone... Is he the guy that's going to be like, all right, I'm going to be here and make an immediate impact? Like, yes, that's hard dude. to do. That's really, really hard. I, to like... I have confidence in it. Like, he's he's he so good. really good in preseason. Dude, the lie. kid does everything. What I what I call him a five-tool player. He could shoot, he could pass, he's physical, he could skate, and he can play a 200-foot game. The guy just does everything. I was thinking like if the Rangers go for Kane and then like next year you would just obviously you would just take Kane for just the half year or after the deadline and then you'd replace him with Offman next year. Right. You would hope. But yeah, I mean if if it becomes too tight at the at the deadline, I think the Rangers are going to have six million dollars, right, in the crude cap space. A little bit yeah, more, unless, uh, unless you know Jacob Truba still has that nagging injury, maybe for a bit. Mm. I don't know. Maybe put him on the shelf for a month or so. <laughs> Long term IR. Yeah. Seven point one, and that's if they don't move Sammy Blay or, like you guys said, put someone on LTIR. Yeah, I think I think the trade 
the trade pieces are going to end up being Kravtsov and, and Sammy Play. Gauthier for me, he 100%. stays. Sorry. I, I, think they, I think they move Gauthier. I think there's a chance I don't want him to move, but I could see them moving him if they find an opportunity to improve the roster. Yeah. It's and tough. get value for him because you, you, I, one thing I fear is that they, they would move Gauthier and they just, they wouldn't get any value out of him because whoever gets Julian Gauthier has another year of control. Like he's not a UFA yet. He's got one more year of R, uh, RFA with arbitration rights before he's a UFA. Yeah. And I don't think he's, he's going to be asking for a significantly uh, larger contract. Mm-mm. I'd say, say, say still under a million dollars. Yeah. That's a bargain. Absolutely. That's a bargain. He's a great 13th forward, dude. You squeeze him in where you need oh to. Oh, my, my – I, I think he should be in the lineup, man. Like, that's absolutely. 13th forward. Screw that. Like, if it, if, Bla- if Blaze ahead of him, absolutely. I don't – like, okay, all right, I got to go on a rant again. Like, I don't understand, <laughs> man. Like, the, the last game he was in, the last game he was – he against the um against the Maple Leafs. He's mm-hmm. out there for, like, his first or second shift, one of his first shifts of the game. He draws a freaking penalty – and yep. you know what? They score on that power play. And then the next game you take him out. <laughs> Why? It doesn't make any sense to me. He just drew you a penalty, got you the first goal of the game. And now you take him out because of reasons. We have to Seriously. make the trade look good. Yeah. <laughs> we got to play pretend like it works. <laughs> yeah. Like Buknevich has, has over 100 points in his last 100 games. Yeah, Craig Berube loves uh, Buknevich. God, who doesn't? <laughs> <laughs> what, I'll tell you what annoys me the most, too, is, like, if we still had Buchnevich and we signed him to the extension that St. Louis did and we didn't get Sammy Blay and we didn't have Ryan Reeves and we didn't or sign Patrick Nemeth, we could Nemeth still have him. Yes. Like, he would still fit on this team. He still has a spot. We'd be able to afford him. But, oh, you know, it just – you know, we don't have room for a guy. We don't have room for a point-of-game player that's good on the playoffs, kills penalties, plays great on the power play, and can shoot the puck from the left side. No, we don't have room for that. No, no, no. We need more physicality in the bottom six. That's what we need. No, we don't have room for that, but let's just spend more than his actual contract on two guys that mm-hmm. one just traded draft picks with to get rid of, yep. and the other that's on mm-hmm. the first line for no reason. Yep. Gotta oh, love it. Yeah. yeah. Just I'm still, awful. I'm still, pissed about, I'm still pissed about Zuccarello. <laughs> hey, next year, maybe he'll be back. Next year, at the deadline, that's the target. That's the guy, Ooh. but... Like, who would have thought I, I he would have gotten I better as he got older? I mean, yeah, dude, you put me on a line with Caprizov, I might have a few points too. Yeah, but Zuccarello. I don't know. I think Zuccarello is definitely a big factor to it. Yeah. Oh, 100%. He was, yeah. he was close to a point per game before he got traded here. So mm. he was definitely Zuc. dominating. So he's definitely a big part of it. I'd love oh, if Minnesota could slip next year and he comes back by the deadline. Oh, I would be love so that. nice. I would that would be freaking that. awesome. Bill Guerin won't allow it, but oh god, I'd love it if they just mm-hmm. crack the bed. I know Zuccarello is a special place in my heart. That I guy, mean, hey, cares. they're spending a lot on buyouts. Maybe they need the clear cap in the offseason, which yeah, they would move <laughs> seriously. Zuccarello, but I think the NHL needs to bring compliance buyouts back for an offseason if it's going to keep going up like this for a little while, dude. They're gonna, <laughs> I don't know how yeah. that, how that was funded. <laughs> I don't know how that's funded by the league, like the compliance buyouts, how that works, but the I, I think really the benefit from I think that the teams still pay pay for the buyout. It just doesn't it just doesn't count against their cap. I think like like I think the Rangers are still paying Brad Richards out of their pocket, but oh yeah, yeah, it just yeah they are towards their cap. Yeah, but it would just, be nice if they brought back compliance buyouts because I have one defenseman that wears the number eight that could probably use one. Yeah. 
or if GMs just, you know, weren't stupid to begin with and gave fourth Seriously. liners these type of contracts in the beginning. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing with goalies. Like, why did Bobrovsky have to get that contract? You just set the Facts. table for a nightmare in the future. Like, mm-hmm. we couldn't all just agree to keep goalies under $10 million. <laughs> That like, didn't make sense have that, that agreement as GMs? Yeah, like a handshake agreement. Like, yeah, let's just keep it under. And now, like, that's just... And then- and then right before they signed Sergey Bobrovsky, they drafted a goalie in the first round in Spencer Knight, who they just exactly. signed to a three-year extension, making four and a half million dollars a year starting next year. It's like You're what, spending what, fourteen what million doing? on your goalies, man. Like, hey, it that makes could no be us sense. though at some point with Garand. Could yeah, it, it could. Oh my god, I totally forgot about Garand, who by the way is having a decent season right now in Harper. He's buzzing down there. I'm excited for the kid. I really? really is he? the next big thing, Garand? I think so, dude. I, he's I, no. He he won what? He won back to back goalie of the year in in the W. Did he not? Yeah, he he's legit. He is, is legit. He the, is he the starter for for Canada in the WJC? Mm-mm. Um, he's still in Hartford. Him and Domingo almost split games exactly down the middle. Mm-mm. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the cap, the cap stuff again. We're getting to that time of the year where it's like you know you have to kind of. Walk on eggshells, dance around, be mm-hmm. very cautious. The way it was handled last year was just spectacular. Like the, yes. I mean, the Rangers had a lot of cap space. They had the most, and mm-hmm. they went and made the moves. Went and made the moves. Uh, we'll see what happens this year. Brennan Othman as a, as a trade deadline pickup. Yeah, I think the Rangers can make some noise at deadline. Wait, Halak has a no move. Yeah, so they can't even move him if they wanted to. <laughs> oh, we should have just signed Deming and just let Deming be our backup. I think the plan is right now they're trying to find this perfect bridge to Dylan Garand right now. Like they gave oh, Deming yeah. the two years. I think he's going to be the backup for part of next year. And then if Garand's mm. too dominant in the AHL, they're going to just call him up midway through. Well, the so AHL's got to start winning games. Uh, yeah, yeah, but the Wolfpack are having a tough go of it right now. Oh yeah, they could just never get it figured Grant's out. Dude. Record is brutal this year, but he's not doing bad. What's one save percentage is not bad for a losing team. Nine one. Yeah, he has a nine one. Goals against could average. be worse. Three oh one. Three oh one goals against two average. shutouts. I guess by HL standards, that's pretty damn right. good. Three oh one. Goals against average is three oh one. Yeah, he's doing solid. Okay, for a bad team, and yeah. I, I think that I think next year we see him. I really think next year we end up seeing him. I because I think they're in a scenario where they don't want to have what they had with Chesterkin, where you had Chesterkin, Georgiev, and Longquist. That's why I think Deming got the two years. Mm-hmm. You have Deming start the year, and like I said, when uh, Garant starts dominating in the AHL, you call him up, send uh, Deming back down, and. There you go. You have your perfect bridge. Yep. Don't forget Olaf Lindbaum. I'm just kidding. <laughs> yeah. I interviewed Dude, him getting... on the show a long time ago. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Like one of the first episodes of the show, I, I interviewed him. Dude, don't get me wrong. I feel bad for the guy, but why? He's got an 871 save percentage in the coast right now on like a decent coast team. And we drafted him in the second round. And what annoys me the most is I was looking at something the other day. He was like he wasn't even like the top ranked goalie in the draft, and he was the first or second one taken off the board in that draft. 
I don't, like I just don't understand what the Rangers were thinking when they drafted Olaf Lindbaum. It just it never made sense for anybody. I just they don't thought Benny it. would uh, make him good. That that's the only thing I could think of. Well, I don't know if Benny's got it working with him right now. Dude, I, I think he's in the I coast. Think Jesus Christ could work with with, with Limbaugh and he'd still have a hard time, dude. It's oh it's just God. such a tough go for the kid. It's so bad. Like noticeable picks that went after him. Uh, let's see. It's a 2018 draft, 39th overall. Right after him was Ryan McLeod, uh, Bodie Wild, Jack Drury, Scott Perunovich, Martin Ferravari. Love that kid in uh in Washington. Sean Dursey, Kalen Addison, Benoit Olivier Grau. Uh, grew, however you say it. Um, let's see. Let's see. Jack. Mc- I'm only going to go up to the third round because after that, you're kind of nitpicking a bit. Jack McBain, who I believe won some sort of award last year. I think he won the Hobie Baker last year. I could be wrong there, but he's in Arizona uh, right now. He's doing pretty well for himself. Um, Jordan Harris, I have no idea who that is. Uh, and Connor DeWar. The only notable well, names in the second and third round. Well, if Chris Drury was the GM, we know who would have went with that pick instead. Seriously. <laughs> Jack Drury. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Man, that Sean Dursey kid ain't doing bad. 46 points and 96 career yeah, games. Sean Dursey's underrated. Sean Dursey that for L.A. Nice yeah. yeah, they Man. got some nice players draft- over there in L.A. I hate to admit He was actually it drafted by Toronto. Traded to really? oh, Jake Muzzin. Drake Jake Muzzin. Oh, traded. that was the yeah, Muzzin that- trade, yeah. Mm-hmm. That kid's solid, though. That Ferrari kid, my- I have a buddy who's a huge Capitals fan, and he raves about the Ferrari guy. I got to watch a Capitals game with him the other night, and that Ferrari kid is solid. Better than Libor Hayek, that's for sure. Uh-huh. And that's a low bar. <laughs> I hope Zach Jones picks it up, though. I want to see him back here. It's I tough, literally dude. forgot about his existence for a minute. I, I, I know. completely forgot. I know. Uh, I know yeah. Jones is a long road to get back. At least with the Rangers, it's a long road for him to get back into this lineup. It's just the Rangers' defense is too deep, and I don't think they liked how Jones and uh, Schneider played together. Although there's something to be said about trying Miller and Jones Truba. I would. I would like to see something along those lines, or Jones and Fox, and just let's just let's just have fun with it. Let's just laugh a little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It would pair. <laughs> I don't like think Galant. I don't think Galant would go just, with that. Like it would be funny to, fuck to watch that pair. Dude, just Jones like just Fox. every other step is a oh, dude. It'd be mohawking up and down the ice. They wouldn't stop <laughs> with the agility skates on. Yeah, like at full strength though, like you know, with Jones fully confident, you know what I mean? Like because he right now he's he said he's nervous. He he felt nervous playing. He had never done felt that way before. He was on a short leash, I think. Yeah, I think so too. I think so it's too. Hard. But I also were high X right down your throat there. <laughs> the high X is right behind him. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't understand. They they <laughs> They must still see something in Hayek. Oh, I I don't think it's time to pull a plug on, on Zach Dude, Jones. It's no. not even that Hayek's been bad. It's the fact that he's just been – he's never been above replacement level since he's been here, yet he is still here. Just blows my freaking mind, dude. Mm-hmm. I, I just – I don't understand it. I just – it just never – especially with like bank – like there were a lot of bang for your buck defensemen that were in the free agent market this past season. The Rangers could have taken a flyer on, paid less than a million for, and – do the exact same thing that Hayek and Harper are doing now, swapping off at the sixth spot, except have a consistent guy in the sixth spot instead. But what do I know? Just saying, it just would have been nice to have a little bit more consistency and not mm-hmm. of the Patrick Nemeth type. Yeah, kind of mean that they 
looked out for uh, Niels Lundqvist by getting him a Swedish friend, but they didn't look out for mm-hmm. Schneider. Yeah, seriously. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, my God. Schneider's doing well, man. I, I think he's, he he's playing really well. I think, you know, he, of course the chances are going to come. Yeah, chances he's going to face a lot of chances, but he's doing a – he's breaking up a lot of plays. Makes a lot of he's good solid, defenses. Dude. Yeah. It's just funny for me because I was so against that pick when they made it. I was beyond against it. I, I wanted center. center so badly. I, yeah. I wanted mm-hmm. LaPierre, uh, Zari really badly. Yeah, that's what the oh, Rangers Connor's need. There. need. They need center depth in their, in their pipeline. They don't have a lot. I mean, they got a couple of this draft, but, I mean, if they could get some centers in this draft this year, that'd be awesome. I'm sure there's some great centers in, in this draft. I'll have just to talk to they through. got two first-round picks. Both, if they could keep both of those picks, like that's also what I'm saying. Like, as cool as Patrick Kane might be, I, I really am hesitant. I would love mm-hmm. to keep both of those first-round picks mm-hmm. if they could find a way to buy low at the deadline and keep both of them. That would just that would make so much that would make things so much better because then you get guys mm-hmm. on controllable contracts for a bit, and you don't have to worry about spending money on these guys. It just makes sense. If they trade Absolutely. a first round pick, it's going to be a conditional first round pick. It's going to be like, you know, this will have like, like for Kane, it's got to be one, it's going to be one conditional, no, no guaranteed first round pick. That's how all these, yeah. these trades are now. It, they're all conditional picks. It's like, yeah, if this guy plays 50% of the games and gets 75% of the points, then yes, you get a first round pick. <laughs> well, you remember when the Rangers traded Zook, they got a second and a third for him, and both those picks could have been first-round picks right. if the Wild – or not the Wild – if Dallas re-signed him or got to the second round, something along those lines, right? They could have gotten two round, round They picks. were one game away from the third round. Yes. One of them. That was brutal. Dude, yeah. that would have been freaking – we would have had four first-round picks in the uh, – in the was it 2018 draft with Miller and Kraftsov uh, and Lundqvist? No, no, no. That was the year after. It was the year after? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, hell, the yeah. we would have had two first-round picks in the Kako draft. Well, they could have had another first-round pick, too, from Tampa also. If they won the Cup, I think yes. was, there was two years in a row. That could have been. If the Rangers were willing to do that condition for a Kane trade, then I'm down for it. 100%. Yeah, no, no, no. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, it's like... 150%. Right. That's actually kind of nice. I don't, I, I don't know. I'm a, I'm a big fan of having two first-round picks in a very loaded draft, especially because given this draft, too, because it's so good – and again, we're playing pretend, but if both of those picks are in the 20s, if you package both of those picks, you can get probably 15, between 10 and 15. Yeah. In a good draft, you could do that. And there's a lot of good players in this draft. I'd say I'd say a conditional first this year for the Rangers, one of them. And it's if the Rangers win the Stanley Cup either this year. Yeah, this year. Yeah, because mm-hmm. Kane is only under contract this year. Mm-hmm. And Kravtsov and Blay and a second for next year. That's my offer. Kane fifty percent retain. I could, I could, I could get behind that. I could get behind that. I don't know if uh, I don't know what Chicago's thinking, but I, I could get behind that. I don't. Know, I, I, I think it's weird. It's just weird. I had Hawk fans laughing at me when I uh, mentioned Kravtsov's name, so they're not too fond of Kravtsov. Yeah, because they, uh, all they know about is 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 um Lafreniere. It's like the Vancouver fans for JT Miller. Oh, we oh want Lafreniere and Miller and Kako. Like, no, oh, man. Eichel trades were the Eichel trades were the most. They were ridiculous. so. Stupid, dude. That stuff annoys the life of me. That's why I always go back and look at this historically what the players in similar situations get. Because, like, oh, it just annoys the hell out of me. Like, uh-huh. they think they can get the world. Please. Like, even Jack Eichel. Peyton Krebs, decent. You know, he's a solid, solid prospect. He's, say, a B-level prospect, first-round pick. 
Alex talked middle six forward, and what else did they get? They got a they got a first, didn't they? Two, yeah, yeah, first and first another Krebs. draft pick, I think. Yeah, like even that, like that that's nowhere near what 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 fans were saying in uh, in Buffalo. They were saying, "Oh, we need Laffy Lungfus a first and a Hedo." Like, dude, what are you smoking over there? I like, could just a first. <sighs> they wanted two firsts. Yeah, it's like, it just it just it never made any sense. Just like if, if, if you ever want to know what a player is going to likely get in a trade, just go back and look at players in similar situations. Mm-hmm. Like I, I want to use the Marty St. Louis comparison for uh, for Patrick Kane so bad, but it doesn't make sense because not anymore. Last no, year anymore. did, but not this year because he only has one year left. Exactly. St. Louis had exactly. two years when he yeah, was exactly. traded to the Rangers. That's why for me the closest comparable to Patrick Kane in terms of like just recency, and it's not even really that close because there's an age gap, is when Taylor Hall got traded from the Sabres to the uh, to the Bruins. Br- uh, Taylor Hall was producing at a, a similar p- pace, slightly less than what Patrick Kane uh, is producing at now, but he was also closer to getting a MVP of the league trophy when he got traded. So mm-hmm. if, you, if you use those side-by-side as a one-year rental, I think uh, Taylor Hall got a second-round pick in Anders Bjork, and he was only willing to go to Boston, I believe. So that's the most recent comparable I see, and I don't really think that's realistic. I think the Rangers do need to trade more than that to get Patrick Kane. What, if they what, go down that route. What about like the Drew trade as a comparison from Who? last year? Drew? Yeah. Because it was Tippett at first, right? And what else was there? If Giroux is wanting to go to more than one place and will only it will wave to more than one team, in other words, creating a bidding war, then absolutely you're going to see a Drew return. If he's only willing to wave to one team, which again, I could be wrong, I could be lying, which I believe was what happened with Taylor Hall in Boston – then the return's going to be and, and it's extremely mundane. It's not going to be very good for Chicago. It's going to be great for the Rangers if they get him, but Chicago fans are going to be pissed off and we're never going to hear the end of it. For Kane, right? Yeah. 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 All we're right, guys. Back. Well, uh, you want to add anything before we wrap this up? Got a good uh, amount of time here, an hour 20. Yeah, a nice little session right here. Yeah, man. Yeah. Definitely more. Uh... Rangers uh, talk. The the first few minutes yes. were so peaceful. <laughs> it's just so nice talking about a sport that has no salary cap versus a yes. sport that does because we have the galaxy brain and do all these cap mm-hmm. gymnastics in our head just to mm-hmm. construct trades and everything. It's so annoying. Where yeah, imagine, oh, just give up this prospect and these prospects for a player and you get them. Exactly. Just, imagine getting rid of a player because you can't afford to pay him. Dude. <laughs> Yeah, because the league doesn't allow you. Billionaires are right. are cheap. Yeah, like seriously, it's like what are the Rangers valued at? Like two point three billion. Yeah, something along those lines. The I'm most sorry. valued in the sport in the NHL. That's all I know. It, it's it, you're 80, allowed to 80, spend peanuts compared to what the value is. It's like yeah, it, it doesn't it, make any sense. It doesn't make any sense at all. It's so hard. Like I want hockey to be the like the most watched sport, but it's not. I just what annoys me the most is that hockey is the most expensive sport to play. Mm-hmm. Yet it's the professional athletes, the big four sports, they make the least. Yep. Like we talk about McDavid, wow, or, or even McKinnon, actually the highest paid player in the league at twelve point six million. That's like a bench player in the NBA. Joey Gallo just got that much money. Yes, yeah, right, right, and the guy's batting what two hundred, and he, <laughs> like a utility guy. Like the the Mets signed who who is that pitcher that was so freaking bad. They signed him a couple years ago to a two-year contract. Michael Walker? No, no, no. Not Porcello, was it? Wor- no, worse, worse than them. Jason Vargas. Oh. This, he made like $10 million <laughs> a year for two years, and he was like the worst number five man in the league, and he would be one of the richest players in the NHL. It's, it's just ridiculous. like, come on, dude. Figure it out, NHL. You have the money to spend. 
the, the NHL has got to be making money hand over fist. I would love to see not their revenue reports, but their profit reports. Because I promise you, these players are getting ripped off. Yep, and let's punish teams for gathering assets. Mm-hmm. Great, great yep. idea. That's another. That's like the big point too. It's like you punish players for drafting well, getting like 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 accruing assets. You're you're punished for it. it. Just doesn't make any freaking sense. I'm sorry if you're if you're good at drafting, right? I think you should be rewarded, not not punished for it. Like maybe maybe players that you drafted. If their cap hit accounts for less than if you sign someone from free agency or acquired via trade, whether it worked that out in percentages, but it's you're right. It shouldn't, you shouldn't be getting punished for, for drafting well and doing things well. That's got to be like an, like a discussion between the players association and the league, mm-hmm. like to try and get the, the cap raised or whatever, you know, or the GMs and the owners. Seriously. Like, like listen, you guys got to pull your mm-hmm. weight. Like, listen, mm-hmm. if you invest more money into this, into this, I'm, I promise you we'll have a higher turnout and you'll, right you'll have a higher ROI, no? Right, absolutely. Texas, the CBA expiration date. That's going to be an interesting time. When and is that, it? Wow. 25-26. Damn. Okay, that's not too far. No, that's going to be an interesting time. Well, you you wonder what you wonder what uh, what's going to happen. I bet you that falls into a lockout because I know the players are a little pissy about the, the escrow thing. Yeah, it's going to be a lockout. Yeah. <laughs> Half a season, no season, something, something's gonna happen that's gonna piss us all off. Yep. Yeah, they gotta figure, they gotta figure it out because like going up one year, uh, one million every year is not sustainable. And it's just so tedious, it's so annoying. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of teams that are that are stuck, starting to get stuck in the same place. Right, and it's only it's only hurting the the the, the players. It's only it's only hurting the players' ability to make money and do more. Like I. Like you could sign players to what seven hundred and fifty grand, right? That's like the minimum. That's like in turn professional sports, seven hundred and fifty grand is a smack in the face. Golfers get that for what two days of being on tour. It's like wow. Like imagine working like being a professional athlete. You work your whole life and your first year in a league. Which again, seven hundred fifty grand to like a plebeian like myself. Yeah, that would be freaking awesome. But to work your whole life, be like be one of the in the top point one percent in your craft. In professional sports have millions of people watching people buy your jerseys do all this stuff for you and you're worth 750 grand for real like not even a schmill like come on yeah and it's like rookies getting as much as they are is such a joke too it, it's yeah, just it's it's beyond so ridiculous it, it's it's sad it's sad and it's laughable the, the nhl needs to go the route of a soft cap or something and for the love of god raise the floor make teams spend more if you cannot spend then you can't be an owner in this league. I hate to break it to you. Like I, some of these owners, like they're so freaking annoying with how stingy they are with their money. It's like, what's the point yeah. of buying the team if you don't want to win? And some teams have an internal cap also. So it's like, yeah. what's the point of the salary cap when some teams are already running with an internal cap? Exactly. It's just so freaking frustrating, dude. It's just yeah. so frustrating. It makes no sense to me. Maybe Steve Cohen could buy the entire NHL. <laughs> dude, he actually might be able to. Someone great. should make a video on that. Like, what would happen if, like, you take Steve Cohen's entire net worth and you know make it so that the NHL is as popular as the NFL? Like, what Five would need to happen? You heard us, dude. Seriously, somebody needs to make that kind of video. Five point like, vids is your guy for that type. Five of video. point vids. Yeah, he's the guy for that type of video. Maybe yeah, yeah, a hundred percent actually. Maybe so the tag him to do that. So the NHL is worth thirty-two point four billion. Steve Cohen's net worth, I believe, is what, 15.5? Yeah. 17.4 as of April 8th. So he could buy half the league. For real. 
Get him in there, baby. But Please. make sure the Mets win first. Mets got to win first, then you can do it. Yeah. The Mets win first. I got to put that down. If the Mets start winning, then maybe that goes up another billion dollars. Is that worth? <laughs> Hopefully a few, Billy, dude. We got more yeah. players to sign. We got Otani waiting for us in Soto the year after. Yeah. And whoever else comes after that, whoever it might be. Yep. This is what cool. He's going to sign these guys and probably lose money, and he doesn't care. He's just no, like, he I doesn't. want a championship. Dude, he spent, what, $806 million this offseason? Yep. Absolutely destroyed the old, like, payroll record. Remember like, ye- remember years, like, where the Mets were, like, sitting, oh, yeah, we don't want to go over $100 million in our payroll. <laughs> Tampa Bay Rays, like, Oakland Athletics level. Of, Without uh, any analytics, though. Right, 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 right. <laughs> Without no. any analytics, yeah. Like, Curtis Granderson, like that was a guy we were excited about when they signed. Yes, Michael right Kadire. Give me a fourth outfielder right now for us. Like, it's wild. It's wild how quick Michael. things have changed. Yeah, I remember Scott Boris used to pick on the Mets. Like he, he. Yeah. Remember one off. Now he loves like, them. Probably. Like, him and like Cohen are team. best friends now. They're yeah. boys. <laughs> the, he he like said. The Mets are in like the fruit and produce section of the aisle. <laughs> like one off season, I swear. It was like 2012 or 2013. He said I the Mets are in the that, fruit. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. And then Sandy, like when Steve Cohen stepped in, is like, yeah, now we're going to be shopping in the meat and potatoes aisle or something. Yeah. Like that. <laughs> Jesus. So, so Steve Cohen, and I'm, I'm not sure if the 816 million is the exact amount of from off by a little bit. So him spending $816 million this off season is only worth 4.6% of his net worth. That's a that's crazy. He just threw his entire net worth and four point six percent of it of it just stuck on the wall. Yeah, just dude. That's I mean that is literal chump change to him. This guy again, like like we were joking about earlier, was probably absolutely s faced, and uh, and wherever he was vacationing, it's like ah, what's three hundred and fifteen million dollars? Sure, sign and bring him in, just casually. Like oh my god, it's freaking wild to even just. Oh, God, I wish. On that note, we're going to wrap up this week's episode. Uh, Rangers, hopefully they could get one more win before the uh, before the Christmas break. We'll have one nice. more episode of High School Takes before the uh, before next year. And um, the Mets, great things mm-hmm. on the horizon. Steve Cohen, best owner in the MLB. Love him. Hands Boys, up. thanks for joining me. I really appreciated it. Hells yeah, brother. Hey Rangers fans, thank you so much for listening to the Ice Cold Takes podcast this week. Make sure you follow at Ice Cold Takes Pod on Twitter to stay up to date with the latest Rangers info. See you all next week. Time. You don't have to go home, but you can't stay here.